Heart and Mind Premarital desires to help couples prepare and navigate their engagement and marriage through encouraging loving actions, providing perspective, and hope through others' true love stories and experiences. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Uh, This is Joseph with my wife, Lisa. Hi, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about young love. Now, young love is a very special thing. All of us have been teenagers at some point. Uh, This is the time where uh, we start recognizing the opposite sex. We start, um, you know, just falling in love and our eyes get open to people that we really, really like. So when this happens, it's really quite interesting. And you even see it in Hollywood a lot. You get a lot of these stories about finding that perfect someone, you know, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever mix you want to go with, uh, it happens a lot in high school and a lot of who you are in relationships and even how you see love gets forged in junior high and high school. Yes. However, that's not what I want to talk about in terms of high school boyfriend and dating. What I want to talk about is what are the chances of marrying your high school sweetheart? Now, it's actually very depressing, but... (laughs) By the end of this podcast, I hope you are encouraged. I hope you actually see, uh, you almost will be inspired to uh, make love work. Yep. So, Lisa, tell us about your high school sweetheart. Did you have one? Did you have crushes? Were you dating anyone in high school? And did you even think that that was going to lead to marriage? So, basically, um, I didn't really have a high school sweetheart in high school. Um, I did have one guy that I liked and it's kind of a funny story cause it was kind of the, um, story of ugly duckling turning good looking. Um, and it did was happen. The, was the dude, the ugly duckling or were you the ugly duckling? No, it was the dude. Um, he had liked uh, me for a long time. That's um, hard to believe. I've seen pictures of you in high school. Start, oh. <laughs> that's not not trying nice. to be a creep, but that's a good podcast. You know, if you look at your high, <laughs> your spouse in high school and you're like, that's pretty hot. You creeper. I don't know. Listeners, you can figure that out. Anyways, I interrupt. Go ahead. Anyways, um, so he had gone to a different school and then came, I don't know if he came back or if I just ran into him, but I definitely realized that he had changed a lot, um, gotten contacts, had worn glasses, big, thick glasses, got contacts, changed his hair, you know, the whole the whole scenario that you can think of, I'm sure. You basically went from Urkel to Stefan? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. For yeah. our Gen X yeah, people, Gen they understood that reference. <laughs> you millennials and Gen Yers, look it up. <laughs> if you haven't watched Family Matters, it's there. Um, so anyway, so he changed a lot and we started kind of hanging out and he wasn't sure because um, of course he had become Stefan again and so or not again but had become Stefan and so he started getting a lot of attention and I had really started to like him and actually told him that and then he said well I don't know and so um about probably a week or two later he called me and we started kind of hanging out and we ended up um we ended up uh going out to um the Renaissance Fair and a funny little thing was he went 
to like put his hand back and I thought he wanted me to grab his hand and he was actually just asking for money for gas. So that was awkward. But we ended up, um, yeah, I know it was really, really nice. Um, but we ended up going out and about, I'd say a month into it, I realized that I was not ready for a relationship and got to the point where he had went on a trip for like a week. And my mom asked me like, Hey, do you miss him? And I'm like, not really. And she goes, that's not a good sign. And I'm like, what do you mean? And about a week after that, we ended up not, um, not working out. What else was, what also was, um, interesting was that he had already asked me to prom. And so to not make it so upsetting for him, I went ahead and went with him and it was a real awkward time. So that was the only prom time I had, and it was the most awkward thing ever. So that was my high school sweetheart story. (laughs) That's depressing. It is. (laughs) Real depressing. Yeah, that's kind of depressing. Now, out of curiosity, when you were dating him, did any thoughts in your high school here saying, "Uh, I wonder if this is going to be my future husband at all? I mean, it didn't sound like you dated a lot, but was that in your head at all? Um. I think it might have passed, you know, it might have passed my brain once or twice. Um, but I, I figured out pretty early on in the relationship that it wasn't going to work. I, ironically enough, it was actually um, a best friend of mine in high school that I thought maybe would be my husband. But we never ended up really getting together until college. And even then, it wasn't really a getting together. It was more of a... And that's the guy that was kind of the friends with benefits yeah, in the earlier podcast when we talked about our, yes. our story of getting dated. Uh, what about um, your first couple of years of college? You're 18, 19, so you're just right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so the high school sweetheart was definitely not there for you. Right. But then you get to your 18, 19-ish, you yes. know, did, were you dating anyone then? I did date someone, um, and that did cross my mind a lot. Um, but he was from a different country and um, he decided to leave in the summer and wasn't able to take me with him. And we just kind of grew apart. And he was European, right? Yeah. Yes. I had a um, quick quib, but it, it went away. <laughs> um, but he ended up, um, we ended up breaking up mutually, but we never really went there again. Gotcha, gotcha. So, but even then, you you were thinking this person could have been your husband. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Now, a lot of this seems natural. You know, I'm not trying to pick on my wife here. Uh, We're kind of illustrating a point. Now, for me, I was the hope. What about you? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that. Well, for me, I was the hopeless romantic. I think even from junior high, I'm like, is this my wife? Is this my wife? (laughs) You know, I there was one girl. uh, You know, almost similar story. You know, kind of nubby knees, glasses was part of like project challenge was where all the gifted kids come in. But let's face it, you know, I'm from Bisbee. So, you know, being it, being considered a genius in Bisbee is like the, you know, sharpest marble in the bunch. Um, (laughs) You know, so we, uh, (laughs) shout out to all my people from Bisbee, you know, Um, you know, so, you know, she, she had the same thing. Uh, Remember she's all that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That See, was yeah. pretty much the movie I was referencing. Another movie that dates us, folks. <laughs> um, you know, when they, you know, she had her eighth grade year, she basically the same thing, you know, kind of got contacts, yeah. lost her, you know, like did her hair different, wore different clothes, and she went from kind of like, you know, cute nerdy. little nerdy girl to like, you know, 
hot that everyone else noticed. And I was kind of like, I liked you from before, before you got quote unquote hot. I always thought you were pretty, but, uh, that was, you know, you know, we never actually, uh, got together at all. We tried, I tried, but I think there was other dynamics, uh, um, that prevented that. And then, um, in high school, uh, I dated one girl. Uh, she was a country girl, uh, family owned a ranch. I got to learn ranching that way a little bit. And, uh, um, we dated for about two years and oh, that's I, a long time. It was, we dated and my, I remember my mom, my dad, everyone was like, Hey, you're getting a little too serious with this person. I'm like, well, this person's probably going to end up being my wife. So, you know, what does it matter? And I remember we would go horseback riding. We would go, you know, we we would sit together at lunch. We were always in church together. We were, you know, we were always around each other. But I don't think my maturity was there. Nor did I really allow anyone to, like, speak into my life at that time as a teenager. I pretty much felt that I knew it all. So, Like almost every teenager. Yeah, like every teenager on the planet. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> um, you know, there's some, there's some few gems out there. Uh, but so I didn't recognize certain things that happened. I didn't really understand what she was going through, what I was going through. And then, of course, probably by my sophomore year, we broke up. And it was, it was, a, it was, it was, it was a painful breakup. But even then, I kept it really quite quiet. You know, you just even with me, like how much I was upset or depressed about what happened, Um, because in my brain, I was like, oh, I really thought this person probably we probably would have gotten married out of high school. You know, I'm still from where all of our parents, aunts and uncles were getting married out of high school. So when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, this is my high school sweet sweetheart. This is my high school sweetheart. I'm part of that bridging generation. We are right where that's not really the typical story. Yeah, not anymore. And the next girlfriend I had after that wasn't really a high school sweetheart, but I knew her since high school. Right. Same kind And of the same kind of thing. I thought we were going to get married. You know, I really, really thought that. And so I, uh, you know, I was trying to prepare my life for it. But, you know, she was going through things. I was going through things. Um, and we, the hard part was, is that we didn't let each other in on all the burdens we were carrying. And there was that thought of, well, I got to get my career. I got to get college done first before we get married. And, but also the love really wasn't there either. So we broke up too, you know. When did you guys break up? I, I want to say it was 20, 21, 20 to 21. Like you were 20 or 21? Yeah. Okay. I thought you she was older. <laughs> She no no no. I was like, wait a minute. No, no I was twenty 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 one. She was older. I I don't know. I always like the older ones, you know. Um, and and yeah, that ironically enough, she ends up marrying uh, the guy she met like a month after that. Wow. Yeah. So you That's know, kicking the so <laughs> kicking the emotional package. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I guess what I was saying is, is like, here we are, you and I, we, we look at that and that can easily make us jaded. And it did for me for the longest time when it comes to young love, um, you know, working with teens, I would constantly tell them, stop taking your high school relationships so seriously, right? because they statistically don't work out and the statistics are still holding. I mean, let's look at this. Uh, you know, you can compare to census, you can compare to any marriage, Pew Research, um, 
Barnum, you can just look up any merit certi- uh, 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 statistics that you want to uh, get through. I was, I've been looking at three or four of them. They all say the same thing. Really, typically, when you take all of the married couples, even today, well, I should say from 2019 because COVID has slowed down a lot of our statistic gathering and right. skewed it. But as of 2019, 2% of all married couples were are 18 and typically high school sweethearts. So let so let let me let me kind of break this down for you. When you take all the married people in America, only two percent are people they actually knew out of high school. And when you start breaking down that two percent, it gets really depressing. All right, you you get even a smaller fraction that was truly your notebook situation, if you will. You know, um, you go a few more years. Uh, past that. So you're saying, well, that's 18 year old. What does a kid know? Okay, let's add three years and take you to 21. Well, then you're only at 8%. 8% of all married couples are 21. The typical marrying age right now in the United States, uh, even from 2019, is roughly about from 25 to 27, depending on uh, social economics class, gender, age, whatever you want to cut it, you're still going to find that bulk roughly around uh, the age of 25 to 27. So people are getting married uh, later. later. But here's the depressing part about it. If you get married under 25, you have a 60% chance of divorce within 10 years. Wow. And it goes higher the closer you get to 18. So I used to tell students all the time, stop getting married in high school. Stop taking it so seriously. And yet I still believe that there's a little bit of uh, truth in that. But here's the thing. When you look at statistics this way, and you're a person that the, that you see things as uh, the glass is half empty, um, it's easy to get actually discouraged. Because here's one thing we don't actually bring about. 60% chance of divorce if married under 25. That means 40% actually make it past 10 years. Okay. That's a great That's a great odds. That's yeah, I mean that's more encouraging than <laughs> than it. Yeah, yeah, if you look at it that way, you have 40% who actually make it. So here's the thing. Is it hard to get married when you are 18 between 18 and 21? Absolutely, it is. Do not fool yourself. And if you think it's easy, you are living in a dream world, or you don't realize how much help you really have. How much help you really have? Yeah, in terms of maybe family members, people around okay. you. You know, it, it's kind of easy if you're like, I'm 18, I'm married. Yeah, but your dad's also rich and gave you a house. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, I see what you're saying. Um. So, so. For you, so this rest of this podcast, I, I, I want to talk to those two percenters. You know, those two percent of people who are looking at getting married right after high school. You are between 18 and 21. So, you know, two to eight percent of you. I'm talking to you here. And I want to encourage you because even though you're staring down these statistics and everything and probably everyone is telling you you shouldn't do this, there is hope. But there's also reality. So right. uh, we're going to be a little balanced here, but I, hopefully you walk away from this podcast encouraged that, yes, you are young. 
Yes, you don't have experience. Yes, you have your whole future ahead of you. But marriage could be a great thing in your future, not a hindrance. Because, you know, I think this is, regardless of what your religion is, regardless of what your background is, it seems parents of all all generations, you know, look turn their nose down at people who get married at the age of 18 to 21. Right. Wouldn't you agree? I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah. I think back, you know, in the olden days, so to speak, it was almost encouraged for that to happen. But now that we are able to have careers and women are able to have careers and, you know, all of that, I think that it definitely has become more of a discouragement from older folks and and parents. And and to my shame, I'll admit I was one of them. I mean, getting married right out of high school, I'm like, you're an idiot. Right. You have a 98% chance of failure. You know, well, I shouldn't say that. It says 60. I mean, 98% of the country doesn't do this. You right. Know? Only 2% you. And I have a 3% rule. Like 3% of any group is are dummies, you know. <laughs> um, I don't think that applies here. For those of you guys who are listening to this and you are seriously considering marrying your high school sweetheart, there are some cons. So let's look at some realities here. So we did a pros and cons list, and it's not it's not uh, the the prime only list there is. I'm sure listening to this podcast, you can come up with your pros that we didn't list. You can come up with some cons that we didn't list, and I'm by all means email us add add to it. But let's look at some cons right now of you know getting married so young. First con is we've been talking about it. Typically, high school sweethearts do not marry. They do not often marry and have a 60% chance of divorce. So that's a con. Um, there's a high percentage of people who got mar- who married their high school sweethearts that, e- that one of them ends up having an affair within five to seven years. So by the time you are 24, 25, it's possible that you are having an affair or you are tempted to have right. an affair. Like seriously tempted, not a, oh, I think he's cute, you know. Um, Do you think that's just because of like not being able to sow your wild oats when you were in high school? I think there's a little bit of that there. Mm -hmm. Because even good kids, even a good kid who doesn't party in high school looks forward to partying in college. Yeah. Even ones who are really like, I'm going to do things by the law. They're looking forward to their 21st birthday. They're looking forward to this or that or whatever. And then they're sitting around friends who have all these stories about... You know, whether it's relationship of I met a guy and, you know, did this or it's just, uh, you know, oh, I met someone. We hooked up. You're like, well, I'm with Jimmy, (laughs) you know, since sixth grade, you know, there is no, you know, you almost feel like there's a left out and a little bit of a FOMO. And then you also got, I think, young men who are um, are also very pressured and they're taught to believe. Yeah. So you're wild oats and. You missed out on something, and so you know, or they think that they'll rationalize it in some way, shape, or form. Well, oh, I got, I married too young, or whatever. And I would even argue girls get the same thing, get the same pressure now nowadays. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I think you know, and I think guys can you know, guys can get gross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll say stuff like that. And I'm like, shut up. You know, I, you know how many guys will go back after the 18, 19 year old. You know, right. re, even though they're in their forties. So, you know, it's, it's, it's gross. Um, <laughs> but yeah, an affair, a high chance of, uh, of an affair happens. That's a con. Uh, life experience. 
you know, you have a lack of life experience, you have a lack of emotional stability um, that sometimes can play a factor in causing a relationship to blow up. Yeah, that's very true. I know a lot of people in their 20s that I've talked to them when they hit their 30s and they're like, I am not the same person I was when I started. Yeah. No, you you can change. I've always said the person you are your senior year of high school is vastly different than the person after your first year of college. Yep. I would agree with that. There is changes. There is a lot of changes that can happen. Also, I think people also misunderstand and I talk with teenagers a lot and, you know, you know, all here is like, I'm 18 years old. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, no, no, let's break this down. Your biological cells are 18, but your brain is actually a lot younger. And I will ask them a series of questions. I'm like, when did you have your earliest memory? Oh, maybe about the age of three. So for the first three years of life, you're not even conscious to this planet. Right. I go, when did you start realizing that this world is not all sunshine and rainbows and sometimes depending on a person's home life depending on how they answer but it could go anywhere from five to seven Mm -hmm. you know dad could be an alcoholic and abuser but they still see him as superman right you know but it's roughly between five and seven they start realizing oh wow this world sucks (laughs) (laughs) this is awful all right you know and then i i go okay so there's seven there's five to seven years gone so you're really 12 Uh uh-huh I go, now let's take those 12 years. I go, when did you start really thinking for yourself? When you really started to have it, a difference of an opinion from your friends, from your mom, from your dad, you know, when did you start kind of like asking the question, well, who am I? And they'll say, well, maybe between 10 and 12. Okay. So we got 10 to 12 years subtracted from 18. Brother, you are six years old. <laughs> you know, so it's. You know, the life exp- that is a factor. If you are looking at getting married right out of high school and marry your high school sweetheart, you do have a lack of life experience. Now, everyone's different. You know, we, we, there's personality, genetic, right. social, economic, cultural differences that can actually change that. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, most of the men who uh, stormed the beaches of Normandy in World War II were between 16 and 21. Yeah, that's true. So, era uh, does matter. Yeah. But this is what we're talking about now. And so lack of life experiences and emotional stability. We, we know that because of COVID, because of how our society is, um, emotional developments take a longer road than they have in the past. Yes, I've seen that a lot, uh, for, for, even just recently. Um, I, I, I'm a coach for wrestling, and I have to honestly say that the freshmen this year, you know, um, they seem like junior hires to me. Yeah. They're good guys. They're they, they they love the sport. They work hard, but emotionally I swear I'm dealing with junior hires. Yeah, and junior hires seems like they're in fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. So emotional stability is a factor. Um college and career can pull from quality time. So if you get married in high school and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna go to community college, okay, awesome, you know, or whatever you're gonna do, but College takes a lot of your time and starting a career can take a lot of your time. And so it is kind of hard to maintain that quality time with each other. It's not impossible, but it, this is a con. It could pull you away. It's like, you know, especially, you know, if you get married in May, you're in college by August. So there's your three month honeymoon and bam, real world. Yeah. Reality sets in. Um, you may have to sacrifice opportunities. 
you get married right out of high school, this is a con. Um, but we'll talk more about this later, but it, you can see it as a con. Uh, you got a full ride scholarship across the nation. Can you really, but they're not necessarily going to take your wife or your husband. Right. You would have to really figure that out. If you know, that was something you wanted to do. Certain jobs, certain opportunities, you might have to sacrifice because you have a spouse at home. Yep. You're still developing as a person. You know, we, we, we've said before, before you can find the one, you got to be the one. It's possible you might not be the one yet, and you got into a marriage relationship. And one that is probably the biggest con is financial difficulty. Yeah, that's a big one. For sure. Especially nowadays. <laughs> Even people who are cohabitating are having a hard time with this. Yep. Um, you know, again, how I've changed the years in dealing with teens. When I saw a, a person who was still at home at 19, 20, I'm like, you are such a loser. I literally would have that in my head. Now, I would come out and say, you know, I would say it nicely. Like, you know, maybe it's time for you to, you know, you know branch out on your own. But in my back of my mind, I'm like, I add loser onto every sentence, you know. It's <laughs> nice. Like, it's like, time to branch out on your own, loser, you know. I would, that's really how I thought or felt. Why? Because I came from an era where you could get out on 18 and have your own place and have your own job and survive. That's not the world anymore. Nope. It really isn't. And so when a married couple is coming together, even their combined income, if you're 18, that's a very difficult thing to do because what kind of job opportunities are really out there for you? And even if you're a 4.0 go-getter, work ethic beyond your years, it's still very difficult. Right now, I'm dealing with so many people who are doing everything financial, financially right. They keep their debt low. They live within a budget. They're doing everything great. They're barely making it. So it is... so. You know, when you are taking on a spouse, you are basically saying you and me against the world. Yeah. And it could be difficult and that can cause a lot of arguments if you're not ready for it. Now, some of these cons, there's, they're, they're just what they are. They're cons. But some of these will be cons if you have the wrong perspective on it, which we'll get into in just in, in a little bit. But now that you're all depressed and you probably are in tears and crying and some of you are like, oh, I shouldn't get married. What am I thinking? <laughs> Hold on. Let's just wait. Because for every con, there is a pro. And so let's look at the pros of getting married young. And these are really beautiful and they're not really idealistic. They're very practical too. First biggest one is you don't have emotional and relational baggage coming into this relationship. I mean, at least you, you're from a family that... They had so much emotional baggage that they had to have a cargo plane to go into every relationship. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and that also caused us to slow down on getting married. Yeah. Because of that. Well, and I mean, even on your side, there was emotional baggage that we was, all had to push through. Yeah, but it was post, I'll be honest. But like getting going into the marriage, there really wasn't much. Wasn't much what? Emotional baggage coming in my parents' marriage. Oh, your parents' marriage. I was talking more, I was talking more our marriage. Oh, our marriage. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Well, that's because <laughs> I didn't get married at 18. Right. You know. Um, so if you get married at 18, you have less emotional baggage. I mean, what's the emotional baggage are you bringing in as an 18-year-old? You know? Oh, I remember when 
when little little Danny in eighth grade, you know, knocked the ice cream cone out of my hand and says, you're ugly. I mean, that's the that's the extent of it. There's not really that much emotional baggage. You could now, of course, someone can always prove me wrong. But for the most part, no, you're not coming in with kids. You're not coming in with divorces. You're not coming in with someone you thought you were going to marry and it didn't work out. You know, you don't you're not coming in with, you know, well, I'm going to settle because, you know, the one that I wanted to get married, you know, got away. No, you're 18. You're coming in with less and fewer emotional and relational baggage. You get to start really fresh in a lot of ways. So that's actually a very big pro. Another one is, um, you know, you have someone who fully knows you as a spouse. I mean, you talked about at least you're that, that guy who, uh, went from kind of little chubby nerdy guy to. Yeah. I mean, he, he was really good to me actually. It was just, I just wasn't ready. Um, but he was very kind to me. He even got me through geometry when I was taking geometry because he was that smart to where he would really help me. And he knew, he knew me quite well because of all yeah. of that and spending time with me. So, yeah. So imagine the comfort of having, of knowing that this person liked you, loved you when you were a chubby buck tooth kid, when you were just a nubby knees you know, geeky little girl before you came into your body. You know, this person loved you for who you were and accepted you then. Yep. Because a lot of girls will blossom more in college than they did in high school. So, you know, you, you know, so a pro is, is that you are marrying someone who truly sees you for you. Yeah, completely. You know, here's, here's another one that's a pro. You have a battle buddy to struggle with you in life. You know, a lot of the reasons why they tell young people not to get married is because, well, it's going to be too financially hard, which is a con. You know, you got your college and career you got to focus on, which could be, you know, a a con. But you know what? Your spouse is supposed to be a helpmate. And if they're struggling alongside with you and they have the right perspective that it's you and them against the world, then... You got someone to struggle with you. You're not alone as you struggle through college. You're not alone as you're struggling financially. Yeah. This is Absolutely. This is a huge benefit to develop even as a person. Yeah, cuz the person knows you so well that they can help you give you perspective too if you're struggling with something. I know a lot of times my wife will fill in needs before I can even ask. She'll see me struggle with something and she will already fulfill needs. And I didn't even ask her why, because she knows me enough to know, oh, I know where he's about to struggle at. I see him struggling. I'm going to join with him and struggle with him. Right. And she fills in these gaps. And you know what? I don't think I have that much struggles in my life. Why? Because I have someone who is helping me out through them. Mm -hmm. And here's the reality. Life will always be a struggle. It never not stops being a struggle. The question is, is are you going to do it by yourself or are you going to have someone help you? So a pro of getting married young is you got someone together. And, you know, and if you think about it from a war sense, talking with soldiers and dealing with soldiers that I, I've done before, I've never been a soldier. But the some of the most deep relationships are forged in battle. Yeah, I would agree with that. So if your spouse is someone you've done battle with, not against, but <laughs> done with, even though sometimes marriage feels that way, you know, you've done battle with, that bonds you. 
And so that is a huge pro of getting married young. I have to say, and they're not as young as this, but um, I know of a couple that they got engaged and um, then the guy was uh, diagnosed with cancer and the girl stuck through it with him the whole time. And it was, it was amazing to watch, um, to see exactly how they struggled, but also just helping each other. And, and they really did bond them and they finally got married. And it's just been really good to see that just the struggle that they went through and just the day in day out, the pain he went through and her just kind of, um, trying to support him in that. And it, it really did help them really bond and really realize that they wanted to be together forever. Thanks, babe. That's a good story. It's amazing what how you can get through things when you have someone who has you know that someone has your back. And I'll and I'll just say he actually went to remission, so that's been really encouraging. I think for her, you know, because they got through it, and now he's in remission, and now they're good. So, one of the best pros is that you got young energy. You are eighteen years old, and you got young energy, and you got young energy for a variety of things. You got young energy for sex. All right. So this is not like old people sex. You got energy <laughs> for young people sex. Throw it to the wind sex. All right. You get to work a 12 hour job, come home, go to work, get your homework done. And you know what? With young energy, you still have enough time to you, enough energy to, you know, have some fun with your spouse. And yep. this is a big pro of getting married young. And also why. You know, I think it's also a part of when when some people have waited too long to get married. Yeah. And then they kind of like go at who do they go after? Like especially kind of like, you know, douchebag men. Who do they go after? <laughs> they go after the 19-year-olds. Right. You know, so the the same ones who condemn saying I'm not going to get married young, you shouldn't get married young, will be the first ones to go after an 18, 19-year-old. Wow. You know, why? Because of the young energy sex. And so when you are a young couple and you get married early, then you, go, you, you don't have the, I don't feel good. I don't, I'm too tired. You know, you got enough energy to do it all, you know? And so, and, and I believe, and that's a pro. So if any one of these things speaks to you, young people as a pro, that should be it. Okay. <laughs> um, that is a pro that will override everything else. Not only do you have young energy for sex, you know, because obviously sex, I don't, you know, this is biology. Don't get mad at me. This is science, you know? Sex leads to leads to babies, all right? <laughs> it just does. It look up a, a a biology book, all right? All right. You got ba- you, you know, so if you end up having babies, again, you are young, you have energy to take care of your young. A your body's healthy. Your body is uh, uh um um able to withstand the trauma that childbearing actually brings. I mean, women are phenomenal on how they are built from a biological sense. Amen. Because they could take so much pain, you know, on a level that men could not could handle. not could not handle. <laughs> you you talked to me ten years ago, I would have debated you. No, no, no. After doing some research and watching my wife, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm you like, are definitely stronger than me. You watched me three times. Come on now. <laughs> but imagine that when you are younger, your not only can your body handle the pregnancy better, it can recover quicker. Right. That's why. So many right now, there is a big problem with with couples having um, children because they're waiting until their 30s, if not late 30s, to have children. And that's why they have to freeze their eggs or get prenatal uh, 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 medical. And it, there's a lot of medical uh, uh, associated with that. But with young people, 
It's a lot easier. It's a lot them. easier. It's They're a lot easier for them. They're a lot more them. at their peak of childbearing than it would be. Not only that, when you have children young, you get to be young empty nesters. Yeah. See, me and Lisa, we had children more in our 30s, so I'm going to be well into my 50s before I get these little buggers out of my house. <laughs> Even if they left at 18. If you get them out. If of I get house. them out of my house. With so the way the uh, economy is going, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna look like the Waltons again. Dated myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but for young people, you get married at eighteen. You have kids at twenty. Even if you had two kids, you are in your early forties when you're empty nesters, which means you have a lot of life left ahead of you to do what you want and have a body that can do it. Right. Especially if you take care of yourself. So getting married young is a really big benefit because um, you'll have plenty of time for many things in life. Now, I'm not saying if you got married later in life, you're screwed, your life is over. No, 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 no. There's benefits too. There's benefits to everything if you're willing to see it. But when we keep shooting down young people for getting married so young, we forget they're going to have a lot of advantages that I'll never get to experience. And these last three are, these three are it is, you know, they have young energy. They can have kids, work on their career, be able to have sex with each other and be able to do date nights, child raising. And then they get that out done early in their youth and then still have some great years where they can just, again, focus on each other. So there is some Pros. There's a few other pros here that I want to touch on. One is that you have that even if you don't get get have kids right at 18, you could you have plenty of time as a couple before children. So even if you wait five years, mm-hmm. you got five years just you and your wife, you and your husband, until you actually add kids into the mix. Yeah, I've known many couples who have gotten married in their 30s, and it's like honeymoon. Throw the birth control out the window, (laughs) baby. Yep. And they never had enough time to enjoy each other as a couple. Yes. I feel like we did a balance, although we took care of teenagers during our time that we were a couple. (laughs) We were taking in strays. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, screw the strays. Let's have some of our own. (laughs) But yeah, no, we still had to be able to have a few years just as a couple. So it was, uh, you know, it was good. Last but not least, here's a pro. You also have an inspiring story. What did what did we show before? Two percent of married couples are get married at eighteen. Eight percent are at twenty one. And if you make it ten years, you become an inspiring story to others. A story that people will look at and say, "Wow, you did it! How did you do it?" Whether you want to or not, you will become other couples folk heroes. And so there is pros of doing this and stories inspire. And so if someone sees that you made it, that gives them the encourage of saying, oh, you know what? I can do this too. And that is such an inspiring story. So you young people who are looking at getting married, if you truly believe you are ready for this, you know, and I, I'm sure you're getting a hundred reasons from people you love and respect telling you, no, you shouldn't be doing this. And yeah, you probably should Consider what they're having to say, but don't let it scare you because there are so many other pros of getting married young, but I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. It will take a lot of hard work, a lot of work than couples who got married a little older than you will have to do. So here's the reality. 
it's going to be hard work. If you decide to get married young, there's some beautiful things about getting married young. And I would encourage you, if you are ready, pull the, pull the trigger. But also don't go into it blindly. There are some financial, emotional, situational uh, um, challenges that lie ahead of you both. To meet these challenges, we're going to leave you with some pieces of advice here, all right? And if you do roughly these four things, and this is not an exalted list, you will give yourself the best chance of being in that 40%. And hopefully, if many more of you guys are hearing this, maybe that 60% chance of being divorced under the age of 25 will shrink. Mm -hmm. And now it will be 60% make it. Let's hope so. I hope so. But all I can give you is advice. You guys are going to have to do the work. So let's, let me give you about four things that will, that will increase your chance of surviving a young marriage. Whether you got married at 18 or underneath 25, this is for you. First things first, get a couple mentor. Get a mentor. Now, in everything young person does that is extraordinary, whether they're going to the Olympics or going to college in sports or in arts, they all have a mentor or a coach. Yes. So no person who's listening to this podcast would think, oh, you know what? I don't need a coach. I can just play basketball and I will make it to the NBA. No, you, you know that that's bull crap, that you need someone who comes alongside you, who works with your jump shot, works with your running, pushes you to do your conditioning, gives you a dose of reality, kicks you in the butt and tells you to get up. You're going to need that if you're looking at going into marriage right out of high school. Yes. I think everybody needs a mentor, but especially for the younger couples, they definitely need a mentor to help them kind of work through some of the fights and some of the issues that might come up for... And help get perspective. Yeah. Get perspective from someone that might've gone through it or, you know, has some, has a similar situation. So I would encourage you get a mentor. You need to find a mentor and make sure this mentor is someone who was successful at marriage. All right. You know, you don't go and find, you know, Ricky who got who dropped out of high school, you know, and didn't make it to the NBA. You don't pass him. You don't take Ricky and then pass over Michael Jordan. No, you or LeBron James, depending who's listening. You know, you 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 would take LeBron James or Michael Jordan as a coach. Why? Because they've been to the hill. They have been successful in their sport. They've done that. They know what they're talking about. Same thing in relationship. Stop listening to their, your friends. They're idiots. They're in the same boat as you. They have no clue what they're talking about. You might be able to get a, a, a gem here or a gem there, but for the most part, they don't know what they're talking about. At best, they can give you perspective, but that's it. Find someone who has been married 10 plus years and ask them questions. How did you make it? What were your challenges? And let them to speak into your life because that's the biggest thing because if you're not teachable – and you're going into a marriage situation, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. You, you know, you will be divorced within five to 10 years easily, if not sooner. But if you are teachable and you allow someone to speak into your life, you're going to make it. Yep. The second thing is grow together. All right. After you got your mentor with you and your spouse, grow together, learn, discover, experience. Do hobbies together. Go on trips together. Discover this world together. Don't try to leave each other in the dust. And college could kind of ha- cause this to happen. 
you want to learn together. Um, even when it comes to child raising, yes, I understand there's dynamics that it will never be 50, 50, all right. Yeah. You know, regardless, depending on your dynamics, but you want to grow together. And if you're growing together, then you're constantly bonding to each other. Mm-hmm. The next, you know, and as you grow together, carry your burdens. Yeah, absolutely. You want to carry your burdens. Um, you don't want to be alone in that marriage. So you definitely want to carry those burdens. If, you know, the kids are having a hard time or they're sick, you want to let your spouse know immediately, you know, talk about that with each other and figure out what's the best way to um, navigate, whether that being, you know, getting medicine or, you know, going to the doctor or whatever it might be. You want to let each other know immediately. Men, I want you to hear me real loud and clear. Stop acting like you're Superman. You need to let your spouse know when you are having a hard time, when you are upset at school, when you are scared, when you are worried. Allow your spouse to help you carry those burdens. Because a lot of times, a lot of us men, we're, we're, you know, I'm not one of those with some of these buzzwords, but uh, I do believe men need to be masculine, but I do agree with some points of toxic masculinity, this idea that I have to do everything on my own. I'm a man. I'll take care of it. Yeah. How's that working for you? (laughs) You know, because any successful man, even the manliest of men has had help. And so gentlemen, get your wife, let your wives know when you're having a hard time and allow them to help you carry the burden. And when you both do this, especially as a young couple and Um, And and women, I'm going to talk to you. I've met some women where, you know, because they don't want to seem like they're weaker or they got a toxic version of feminism in them, you know, they uh, they'll be just worse than men. You know, I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need need help. Yeah, I don't need help. Screw you. You're a human being who cannot do anything, who, who cannot do it always by yourself. And so allow each other to carry the burden. Don't hold secrets because when you carry burdens together, you will grow together as we discussed before. And for those of you guys who are persons of faith, God has to be the center of your life. So if you truly believe that there is a God and you uh, uh, um, are a person of faith, you must grow together in your faith as well. Because if you are two different religions or one is religious and one is not, then you're not growing together. So that goes into this piece as well. So, um, you know, I encourage those of you listeners out here who are people of faith, you can't just be developing your own religion on your own. You got to grow together. You got to have God as the center. Um, And I would encourage you to have those discussions. So have, you know, get a couple mentor, grow together, dream together. You must dream together. You must be planning out your life goals together. You must be uh, um, looking forward. You must be on the same page of different markers in life. Right. This podcast was one of the dreams me and Lisa had, and yeah. we're we're doing it together. Our business with heart and mind, that is something we dream together and we work together on it. Yeah. And, you know, as we're developing different areas of this, you know, even when it's not really my dream, she's into bookkeeping and I'm like, numbers, gross, you know? 
you know, that's her dream. And so I'm dreaming together with her and doing what I can to help her in that part of her business. And I'm doing the same thing with his wrestling. He has really desired to be a coach. And so that's something that I've encouraged him in. Um, sometimes it gets frustrating because he's not there a lot, but we have found a compromise. And, you know, when he told me about his dream, we discussed it and figured it out and we're able to make it happen for him. And now he's a great coach that he's been able to mentor young men and, um, and he's doing well with it. So if you're going to make it as a young person, get a mentor, grow together, dream together. And here's the last one. Make each other a priority. One thing that young people fail to do, even up to the age of 25, which is the national average, by the way, of getting married, you don't make it, you haven't learned to make each other a priority. If you are getting married young, you are saying to the world, to friends and family that, you know, this person is the primary person in my life. I know sometimes when we take those vows, we're thinking just in the romantic relationship part that I choose you and no other. That's more than just sex. That's more than just a relationship. That includes friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying you can't have a girl's night out. I'm not saying you can't have a boy's night out. That's healthy. And spouses encourage your spouse to have that every once in a while. What I am saying is if your spouse needs you and your boys need you, you choose your spouse. Right. If your girls need you, and your husband needs you, you choose your spouse. You must make each other a a priority, not just in the small things, but in the big things. Every decision decision. must consider the other. So even if you want to have a girl's night out or a boy, you know, a guy's night out, you want to talk to your spouse about that. You don't want to just decide it because you don't know what's going to come up or, you know, what, um, what might, what might be planned already. So you definitely want to consider that before you just make that a plan. And the priority is not, is that's a, that's just your everyday stuff. But even stuff like I went to, I went to the Starbucks and I got you one. Right. You know, I grab, you know, I grabbed, you know, I, I grabbed myself a shirt and I remember you needed clothes too. You know, it make each other a priority. The person must feel that you constantly make them a priority. And I'll tell you right now, it's never enough. It's never enough. That's how much you have to make each other a priority. That person is supposed to be the other part of you. And so they must come first, including decisions of career and college. If you are looking at getting married at 18, then you are saying, I'm going to be by this person's side. Now I know soldiers it's a little bit of a different story there but for the but other than that example or that exception you can't be hitting off to college without talking to the spouse and talk, deciding together even in if the, it's the best thing for their family even in the engagement a 6 month being apart for 6 months is dangerous for your relationship if you are a young person looking at getting married, if you are 18 and engaged and your, your, your spouse is saying, Hey, I'm only going to be away for one semester. It's one year. I'm like, I, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> breakup now because the amount of work you got to put in to make sure you stay is astronomical. And most young people are not willing to do the work. And if it is you, then you got to do it. And one of you has to, has to consider 
you know what, if that's where this person is going to go to college, then I need to go to college either in that same area or in that same, same place. Or having a plan to meet them later. You know, I, I know of a couple that did that and she ended up joining him, you know, two and a half years later, but they, it was a lot of work for them to get through, um, having a long distance relationship like that. Which brings us to this next thing sacrifice to make each other a priority sacrifice has to be a part of it and it's it's part of uh it's a part of health we sacrifice things all the time i would eat chocolate cake all day if i could i can't i have to sacrifice that desire that want <laughs> if i want to be healthy all right. right you know but when it comes to relationships a lot of people are like i don't want to sacrifice and it's that's not just a young person's thing that's an old person thing too i've seen 40 year olds do the same stupidity, all right? If you want health in your relationship, you're going to have to sacrifice. That might mean saying no to that job opportunity or saying no to that college or saying no to, uh, you know, this trip or that trip because even though that opportunity would be good for you. It's not what's best for the family. It's not what's best for the couple. The couple or family, yeah. And family, you're right, babe. So if you are going if you are listening to this podcast and you are that 2% that's engaged at 18 or looking at marrying your high school sweetheart yes on paper it is stacked against you it is a it is scary it is terrifying but if you are willing to do the work and really make the other person a priority and be teachable you have a high chance of this relationship succeeding and thus having a story that you can tell and inspire others. And possibly be a mentor couple down the road for other couples. And for you personally, you will, you will have a relationship that you can be proud of. So young people out there, if you're looking at getting married young, I wish you all the best. But I do hope you take seriously what we are what we are telling you. Because remember, you're staring down the barrel of 60% divorce rate if you were under 25. But with hard work, with communication. communication and love, finding a mentor, making it a priority, and learning to dream together. You could be part of that 40% that makes it. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider supporting the show by clicking the donation link in the description. If you are considering making the next step in your relationship by committing yourself to marriage, We encourage you to seek out professional or religious premarital for guidance or check out hmpremarital.com for premarital coaching by yours truly. And always remember, love is not just of the heart, but also of the mind.